to praxis. Like the amount of like really complicated editing I've done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, producers. Star wipe. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, they might as well just hire me as like a movie producer now. (laughs) What's the podcast equivalent of a star wipe? The interlude. An interlude. The musical interludes. Some musical interviews, interludes of this podcast that are very professionally developed and also yes. totally legal because they're for parody purposes. Parody purposes <laughs> and under 20 seconds in length, just to make sure we definitely always, get that copyright. Always. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we did look into that, kind of. Vaguely. It's pro- it's, Vaguely. I looked into it about as much as I look into the... Um, so at the moment I'm, I'm prepping stuff for, for teaching in first semester and there's a lot of things about like, oh, make sure that, you know, you're not like scanning stuff and putting it on Moodle in case it's in violation of some copyright shit. I'm like, I don't care. I, just, I, know. I don't care. It, it's just so difficult. Like I'm trying, I want to write a book on BTS and then only after I had written the full proposal did I realize, oh, can I mention their lyrics? It yeah, didn't can I even, even include I've... any of these things? Yeah, I'm so naive that it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> but, and um, the answer is still unclear. Like, so naive about the, these things. This is what you get for only writing about dead people for ages. You know, Jane Austen's not going to come up and be like, hey, bitch, why are you quoting my letters? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, her, her estate totally would, though. Who's got it? It's not, um, who's the, uh, oh, it begins with an F. The estate that always like ruins everything and like is really, really like hungry for money all the time. Faber, Faber. Oh, if anything oh. is ever owned by Faber, get ready to bleed cash. Oh God, I haven't had to worry about that yet, but something to look forward to. I think another thing that might be like frustrated about Austin is that Austin's not going to come for you. But Austinites will. Fucking Jainites. Oh God, yeah. I just didn't. Oh man, the, the amount of times that I was warned about that and I just brushed it off like I remember in my viva my external was like you it's gonna be difficult writing a book on Austin publishing a book on on Austin she was basically like good luck like you're gonna get lots of people disagreeing with what you're saying the minute you try to say something different about Austin you're gonna be hit with a lot of people who will disagree with you and my god she was right at the time I was like no it's fine and i'm the yeah. expert now that's what this means yeah yeah yeah. it's fine that you know they will disagree with me but in an it will be an amicable discussion there's not gonna no i've got this kind of idea of a jane as being like you know kind of middle-aged american women mm. yeah is that is that right or is or is there a specific kind of jane I mean, is that to, the actual term? Us... Before we, jump, I want to hear this answer. But is it a Jainite? Like, what are we going with? Austinite, Jainite, Jainite. 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 Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a really I mean... cheap rock. Mm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, it's just, oh, it's really tricky. I mean, it's like this is the weirdest comparison ever, but it's like with BTS fans. I found the same thing. Like, I love most of them, but from time to time, there will be one who is just weirdly belligerent. And you're just like, dude, I'm just trying to write about this person and enjoy their work. And can we just keep it nice? Like, I don't know. There is a lot of, um, another thing you keep, you know, you keep, 
finding is just the kind of like Jane Austen was this nice conservative right wing lady who would have been shocked at couples kissing on the street um, and who just wrote nice romantic comedies and she knew nothing about politics and didn't care and it's like she she would have been shocked with couples kissing on the streets. Did you miss the jokes about sodomy? Like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know where they get this idea. I mean, I do, but still, I feel like we should get over this idea of Jane Austen as this prim and proper lady. Like, she was... She was filthy that. as fuck. Yeah, she it. was. She absolutely was. She had a You heard really... it here first, everybody. Jane Austen, DPF. <laughs> <laughs> I support this message. <laughs> he sees your dreams. He's we don't talk about Foucault. No, no, no. Hello and welcome to Lol My Praxis. This week we are talking with Jane Austen and K-pop superfan Dr. Rita Dashwood. Rita is currently a postdoctoral research fellow on the Romantic Ridiculous Project at Edge Hill University. Listeners may remember this project from episode 13 when we chatted with the project PI, Dr. Annie McKinnis, about shitting ducks and butthole cats. Hopefully, <laughs> Rita's focus on 18th and 19th century YA literature, women and property will provide new ridiculous fodder for us to chew over. When not reading books, Rita likes to write them and is currently working on her first novel, a YA fantasy about queer witches. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we are thrilled to have you. I think we need to, um, I mean, we'll get onto your shit in a second, but how, <laughs> how's Andy? <Is> he... <laughs> oh man, Andy's great. Andy's great. It's just, oh no, it's, it's been amazing. And just, I was already working with a really nice person before. Shout out to Alison at Roehampton. And it's so nice to move on to another nice person. I feel like this is something I would like to to, to keep up. Please. No, sadly I, that yeah. you've reached your, your lot in terms of academia. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You get two in a career. I hope not. You get two nice people in academia. That is mm-hmm. beyond your quota. Yeah, yeah, that's I like mean... a lug streak. It's never going to repeat itself, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, um, no, um, I think um, he made some allegations about Jane Austen (gasps) on this very podcast on this very podcast Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. allegations that she would have definitely been a Brexiteer (gasps) no I I heard that and I just no I disagree I curse his inevitable but how what how does the quote go his inevitable betrayal from yeah, from Firefly. Absolutely. How dare he? We are meant to be Austin scholars, goddammit. We need to defend her honor. And she would absolutely not have been a Brexiteer. She was pro-slavery and a feminist and all of the good things. I refuse to believe. I'm her. sorry, wait, wait one second. You said you said pro-slavery. <gasps> I would pro not abolition! Oh my god! Wow. Like, wow. I mean, I mean, I thought she was a filthy Brexiteer. I was about to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> See, like, already the mistakes are coming. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> For a split second, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're yeah. going to edit all of this out, right? It's fine. No, that was really good. It's no, absolutely not. This, this is going Like, <laughs> She was pro-abolition. God damn it. This is... I mean, we all know Mansfield Park was built on sugar, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, which is why Fanny is a horrible person, like all mm-hmm. of them are. And not just because she's called Fanny. I mean, that is unfortunate. Maybe it was done on purpose. Like, who knows? But just, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like that's one of the things that I disagree on a lot of readings on Mansfield Park, because a lot of people see Fanny as a representative of Austin. Maybe the, the Mansfield Park movie didn't help with that, but it's just we are definitely not meant to like her I mm. would say and the novel is meant to end in a pretty unpleasant way we're not meant to think oh well they are swell people and this whole slavery thing they have going on is excellent so it's <laughs> unless yeah. Jane Austen for slavery <laughs> for abolition oh my god I knew this was gonna happen <laughs> Oh God! I'm so glad ghosts don't exist. Otherwise, she would totally be haunting me tonight. Uh. I think there's a weird thing as well, though, of like, like people who who enjoy Austin. Sorry, I'm gonna hold my hands up and say I'm not a fan. But I knew. I yeah. already knew. <laughs> I've been looking. For, yeah, I was expecting Austin bashing. Like, don't worry. Like, feel free. <laughs> But um, I think there's a weird thing, though, where people try and work out which character is Austin in each novel, <laughs> which just seems, like, stupid to me. And just it just seems like something that we don't really do with a lot of other authors, mm-hmm. except maybe the Brontes. I think everyone tries to do that with mm. the Brontes. So why do you think that is? I I really don't get it, but I think we do have this obsession with, like, she was writing about real life. And I mean, there are some similarities, like the way that she describes John Dashwood sounds a lot like some stuff her brother said, but she couldn't have possibly known that. And I also feel like, I don't know, if I feel like if I wrote a book bashing my brother, our relationship wouldn't be great after that. So I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say that if if she was basing anything on real life, it was very thinly veiled and not or, or not done on purpose. So I don't really get this obsession with who is Jane Austen in the novel? Is she Marianne or is she Eleanor? And uh, who was Mr. Darcy based on? Like I just that well, yes, of course. <laughs> she just, saw it coming. <laughs> like, they're not real, which is part of the fun. So, yeah, I don't really get that. Maybe it's the gendered thing. Maybe it's a woman just doesn't have the creative genius to create her own original characters. It must have been based off life. She couldn't have come up with, you know, something genuinely funny. She must have heard this dialogue somewhere. You know, it's the kind of thing that really annoys me, I have to say. Cut my life into pieces. This is my research methodology. So another thing we like to do, if you listen to the podcast, is you know that the kazoo, the methodology, oh my God. Is a fr- the kazoo of methodology is, is now called... I am so excited for this, but I couldn't. The only song I could guess was Emma's because it, like, Waterloo. So, of course, I was going to guess another uh, yes, song. We're very good at. Um, I'm afraid I won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I won't be able to guess mine. But okay. Are you ready? So. Okay, I'm so ready for this. Somehow okay. in our head, this is connected to your research. And it's our interpretation of your research, not actually what your research is, because. Okay, okay. We're too stupid. (laughs) 
So that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got it. A house in the yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. But why? <laughs> why? But why? <laughs> well, maybe because my research is on property, particularly houses, because um, I really wanted to write on people's relationships to houses. Uh, for various reasons, probably because I lived in university residences for a long time (laughs) and it was made very clear to me several times that that place was not my home, even if it felt like it. Um, So I'm just very interested in how you can feel like a place is your own when everyone else thinks otherwise. And um, I feel like with women in novels, people always tend to focus on objects. And the argument is, well, you can't, it's really difficult for you to feel like an entire house is your own, if legally it isn't. But you can do that with a pearl necklace. So, you know, and so people just focus on objects, but you know, there's more to life than necklaces and and rings she says pointing at her Jane Austen ring I'm sorry but when you said pearl necklace my brain went to the other (laughs) definition and then it completely changed everything that you were saying (laughs) pearl necklaces and rings like you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean there's more to life than that yeah Yeah. a woman can own that pearl necklace like (laughs) enjoy it bitch um. <laughs> well that is like a definition of ownership that I've never got into but hey well if, if you do get into you know. that I mean can I have a reference please this <laughs> absolutely it started here you heard it here first ah <laughs> oh, god damn it sorry I, I completely interrupted you you, you, no, you were no, talking no, seriously course, about your work <laughs> I mean, not very seriously, let's be honest. (laughs) But yeah, and I just, I don't know. I just feel like a a house and having a place to live is pretty, you know, pretty basic, pretty important. And I, and, you know, they're everywhere in Austen's novels. She's, She's obsessed with houses and how people feel about them and what they mean. And I just figured that we had missed something important there that she was trying to say. I mean, so we've already talked a little bit about Austin and her perspective on Brexit. What do you think her, you know, how she would think about the housing crisis? I mean, not very different from what it would have been for women there, actually. This is the really depressing thing. And it's so many historians on women in property have pointed out that actually things haven't got much better for women in terms of ownership since the 18th century. So yay! (laughs) If you want to like, you know, uh, feel what Austen felt in terms of her frustration for not owning a house, you don't have to try very hard. Just be a millennial. (laughs) Yeah, just just be alive today. It's basically the same. So yeah, I mean, I feel like she would have thought it was bullshit because... um, you know, much, much like a lot of people today, she 
would not have enjoyed the precarity of having to move from one place to another in search of a lower rent, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, she would have recognized the difficulty of, you know, writing a brilliant novel when, you know, this is not your house and you're constantly being reminded of it and you don't know if you'll have, if you'll be kicked out of it. But at the same time, she, you know, I think she also just threw her hands up and was like, okay, I'm never going to own a house. Neither will most women, neither will a lot of people. So what do we do now? I think she was just the kind of person to be like, okay, this is shit, but how do we deal with it? And yeah, and I think she tried to like figure out different ways in which she could do that and like characters could do that. And I find that fascinating. For me, it was filling up my residences with my toys and the photos of my family and just being like, no, this is mine. And I will, you know, occupy this space as if I'm never moving and take that. And, uh, you know, you think she it... would support a rent strike. Ooh, sure. I mean, she was a <laughs> radical. Of course she would have. She would have supported strikes. She would have supported anything like that. Because she was awesome. Austin. Jane Austen. Uh, we normally ask as well, sorry to, to kind of, we have to keep us, we, this is what we normally do, we forget um, that we have a Our programme. own structure. <laughs> Our own structure that we came up with after many discussions. So I'm going to ask you for a very boring fact about yourself um, as a way of introducing yourself to our glorious audience um give us your boring fact a very boring fact mm -hmm. Ooh. um i really like money that's my very boring <laughs> fact <laughs> i feel like as someone hey. who went into the arts you're not allowed to say that but hey yeah i i uh I was watching, and this occurred to me because I was watching family videos the other day and I could barely talk and uh, already my aunt was bribing me to say things to the camera by offering me coins. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's been there for a long time. So you're a filthy capitalist. But, well, that's the problem. Like, that's the problem. I'm not. I would definitely describe myself as a socialist. But I, there's just something about not having money that makes it really appealing. So, is it more like, if you describe yourself as a socialist, is it more the the material object that you like? Mm, is, is it that whole, actually, like... Has, has the whole movement to online transaction, like, really fucked you over this seat like past few years yeah do you, do you like, like the it. feeling of coins yes <laughs> are I you like, like feeling is them. it yeah scrooge mcduck that like dives into, <laughs> the, into the, the pool yeah, yeah. of coins that like... was my nickname growing up <laughs> i'm not even kidding yeah i'm not even kidding like i come like i yeah, i was born in portugal and it sounds much cuter in portuguese he's called stupid <laughs> which kind of translates to Uncle McDucky, like it doesn't sound nearly as bad. <laughs> Uncle McDucky is much nicer than It's Uncle much McDucky. cuter, isn't it? So it doesn't have the whole like you need three ghosts cold on you kind of, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> your, your morality is suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my morality I'm just was a cute not capitalist duck. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm the landlord who's also your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I mean, how, I mean, if you love money, were you like 
so fucking hype the day that Jane Austen became the face of the ten pound note? Like, did could you not contain uh, yourself? Do you just collect them and not spend them? What does no, it feel I like mean, to buy shit with Jane Austen's face? Look, but that's the problem of liking money, right? Is that you like it too much, so you'll go and spend it. You're not gonna keep ten pounds that you could spend. That's my problem, mm. you know. But uh, yeah, I was very excited. I mean, I'm I'm sure you heard all of the problems that people pointing at, pointed out like in the bill that oh that's not a house she ever lived in that's actually not her you know a portrait of her that's someone else entirely you know th- that actually quote is, I didn't hear that one yeah 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 you know that quote is said by Caroline Bingley who is just picking up a book to hit on Darcy like she doesn't like reading so yeah I mean I for many reasons I didn't feel like it was worth collecting for posterity mm. but uh but i was still very very excited and i so would, you mean that yeah. people at the mint had you know no conception of literature or culture mm. they didn't know humanities background this is what happens when people don't do the humanities i mean yeah it's almost like we're useful for some things you know yeah <laughs> should have just gone the scottish route and slap some otters and you know nice trout on them keep it simple yeah and- yeah i mean you know, like, I'm a vegan, I love animals, I fully support that. Let's just put cute animals onto the, you know, onto the bills and sort it. <laughs> what would Jane Austen think of being a vegan? <sighs> I mean, hmm, I don't, I, that's a very good question. I mean, how does she portray hunting in general? It's just a thing that the men's just, the men just do right it's not she doesn't seem particularly critical of it um she certainly looks down on people who enjoy eating too much i guess so maybe she would have appreciated that form of self-control i'm really like i'm really stretching my argument here i have no idea i hope i obviously i want to be her friend and i hope that she would she would support it but who knows who knows i i hope so capitalist carnival <laughs> brexit voter i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean she was a carnival for sure like there's no way around it sadly god damn it but yeah. <laughs> she was a cannibal carnival 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 i think it was just my <laughs> shit pronunciation <laughs> No, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> Louise just wants to think about what would happen. If, I mean, you know, if Jane Austen was a cannibal, let's go. Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm more like, God. how much can I ruin her for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies has already done that. So that's, you know, I refuse to watch it because I can't handle any violence that a five-year-old couldn't. So <laughs> not for any other reason. Like, it's fine, but I just, it's, I hate zombies. Buffy I mean, told me that. to find out more about how athena swan can support you contact your faculty champion i mean that does kind of bring us nicely to one of our actual questions which is um what is the best jane austen adaptation and why is it clueless uh oh i thought you were gonna ask me i was actually just asked me that i was actually just thinking about clueless right before this started I mean, I love Clueless, and it's almost criminal to say that it's not the best adaptation. But Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely, though, I mean, it's just so good. I just can't 
Oh. No, I, I love I love that one too much. I mean, Clueless is is a close second. Clueless is fucking amazing. Um, Andy and I have uh, like we're talking the other day about how uh, Josh is is shown reading Nietzsche and how Nietzsche has somehow become the kind of emo kids author of choice in teen movies, and we're trying to figure out why. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing. I love Clueless so much and I, I could quote from it all the time, but, oh, but the Pride and Prejudice one though, it's just so, it's just perfect. It's just so lovely. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, is it perfect beyond the, you know, diving in the lake and the wet shirt thing? Like, you know, because that's the only thing that people seem to remember, right? Yeah, or is there more yeah. to it or is that it? I mean, it's 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 a hard one. I mean, I I love. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm quite a fan of that scene. I'm cool with everything <laughs> that's going on there. I but um I don't know. I mean, Andrew Davis definitely had, you know, his own idea of what he was gonna do. Like I I I one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was when I asked him a question when he did a um like a, a lecture at Warwick. And I basically asked him why he thought uh, his Austin adaptations were so popular and why Austin was so popular today. And he basically shouted at me and just went, sex. It's because of the sex. As if this was the stupidest thing. And I was so thick not to have understood it. And, uh, and it was so embarrassing to have this person shout sex at you in the middle of a completely filled auditorium um but I mean yeah he was definitely going for it I mean I hope I'm not like making this up I don't think I am but I'm pretty sure that when he comes out from the lake he looks at Elizabeth and you can see Jennifer Ely looking back at him and she looks down she looks him up and down um and uh I think it, it basically it said on the script that um Darcy has a hard on basically uh when he sees her so yeah I mean he was definitely going for something there but in the end I mean it worked didn't it like it's it's a pretty cool adaptation um so speaking of sex and Austin mm -hmm. the, I noted that you and Andy have been working on an article called um Sadist land shark and reptile. Uh huh. I looked up land shark in Urban Dictionary. I yeah 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 yeah. Do you know something I don't know? And it is defined as follows. Oh God, because that article is <laughs> that abstract has been sent now. So. <laughs> A land shark on Urban Dictionary is defined as a sexual act where a man and his partner stand at opposite ends of the room. The woman bends over and braces against the wall while the man clasps his hands over his head, imitating a shark. He then begins humming the Jaws theme tune and sprints across the room, led by his erection, and attempts to penetrate either the vagina or the anus with his momentous impact. How does this relate to Austin? What? <laughs> First of all, I just love the attempts. It's like, <laughs> I 
momentous impact. What yeah, yeah, momentous? yeah. What is <laughs> I just love the hands on the head. The da, da, yeah. da, da. <laughs> I'm just like, what happens if he fails? I mean, it's just. There's a lot of pressure on the poor guy. It's painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't, this, um, yeah. Okay. I did not expect <laughs> So what's your definition of a land shark? Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent question. Um <laughs> I, I, I really Austin should have really left some kind of detailed um essay on all of these things so that I don't have to guess what she would have thought on them. But it's just yeah, I mean that that wasn't my expression. That was a, a critic describing Anya Taylor Joy. So I'm throwing the blame straight back to them. Uh, but just, yeah. yeah I I'm mean, guessing that's... it was a different definition of land shark. <laughs> that one's better, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm, not in many ways. <laughs> basically, like, we were going for the fact that um, lots of people were basically saying, lots of reviewers of the movie were basically saying, oh, Emma comes across as such a bad and likable person in this movie and we were just like yeah because <laughs> em is a not a very nice person like did we miss this like it's uh yeah she's a uh, yeah yeah i mean comparing her to the shark in jaws would be a little bit much but uh she's she's not you know a delicate flower she can be a bitch so i think that's fair to say and I just, I, I thought the insults um, for Emma, like in all the reviews were just hilarious. Like the reptile one is, is just, yeah, it's just so funny, but it works. Like she does look like, you know, mean and cold sometimes. It's, uh, yeah, I love the movie though. I have to say like the movie was awesome. So you've, um, according to your website, you, you've worked uh, on yeah. Emma as a Disney villain. Yeah. This is the same sort of thing. So we were wondering if, uh, like, whether there was a particular villain you had in mind mm-hmm. when you're thinking about Emma as a Disney villain, or is it just kind of the sort of generic qualities? Like, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about villains since the Cruella movie, which, uh, with Emma Stone. I mean, Emma Stone is fucking amazing. So is Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie I've not was... seen it. All I've heard about it is that it tries to... Because, like, okay, I was already kind of confused about why they were trying to turn Cruella into some sort of, like, sympathetic figure Um, in terms of, like... But apparently they make it so that she hates Dalmatians because they literally, like, yeet her parents off of a cliff in the first five minutes of the film. (laughs) Yeah, which, by the way... Worst CGI since I, that I've seen since Labyrinth. Like, it's just <laughs> atrocious. Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies of all time. No shit with Labyrinth. On, we can't, you know, Henson, but, did, you know, there's no CGI there. It's all, it's all real. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, but just, <laughs> it's horrendous. Like, I was, I was, ah, uh, do you mind spoilers? Do people oh, mind no, spoilers? Oh, no, I don't think it could be spoiled. <laughs> no, I, that's, yeah. I, mean, I think we all um, know how it ends, right? She tries to make a coat out of Dalmatians in the, in the next film. So, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like basically like the live action ends with her sending like Dalmatian puppies to Anita and Roger, like with a message like, you know, XOXO from Cruella. And it's just like, no, Cruella is not this like cute matchmaker figure who loves puppies. What the hell are you doing with this? I was like screaming at the screen. I was just so frustrated with it. It's such a weird movie. Completely tangentially off topic. <laughs> totally on topic. Have you have you heard or read the sequel to 101 Dalmatians? Because it is fucking batshit. Oh, yes. Uh, so I wanted to read the book because uh, I decided I was going to make a YouTube video with a rant about the Cruella movie. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, Andy, Andy told me that apparently there's aliens. <laughs> yeah, so I've not read it either, but like the synopsis is just batshit. So it's like something... Something happens where, like, I think all the humans fall asleep and then mm. the dogs take over. So, like, there's, like, a scene of, like, the dogs all in, like, um, Downing Street around a table and making decisions and stuff. And I, think, I mean, they would probably make better ones. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Um, Willow is much cleverer than your average Tory MP. Yeah, um, yeah. And Willow is stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's challenged. Um but um she gets confused which direction she's going on a walk like she's not i mean same <laughs> but um she but then the aliens are like dog aliens and i think they say something like the earth is gonna die but you dogs are great so you can come back up with us but then the dogs decide okay. to stay with the humans because oh. they're so loyal and beautiful i think that's the story if it's wrong but then they can fly yeah. right that's the other thing the dogs can fly oh they yeah have, like cyber powers or something <gasps> like that yeah, just, it just, sounds amazing. It it's sounds just, amazing. It's just batshit. Um, but I mean, I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really get. I mean, going back to Disney, like I don't really get what Disney is doing. And I'm, I'm. I, I thought that I was thinking particularly about two villains. One was Maleficent, and the other one was Cruella. I think at least with the Maleficent movie, they tried to do something a bit different, but they still allowed her to be evil. Mm. Um, but. You know, I, I did have a friend at some point that when I talked about how much I loved the Maleficent live action was like, but she was so bitter in such a cool way. I mean, who curses a child just because they didn't get invited to a party? Like, this is this is really cool. Like, she's just so pure evil. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm on one hand, it feels like we're not allowing female villains anymore like even Cruella who is just like, right. like, I the fucking, like ultimate I need, evil I don't need a reason for her to hate Dalmatians she yeah. just hates puppies and wants to wear them as a fabulous coat I don't need to know yeah. to her parents that's not a thing no. bad people hate puppies bad people hate puppies come on if you want to completely analyze this, like I, I thought what they were going for in the original animated video was like, she's part of the aristocracy. She's used to having her way, no matter how bad shit what she wants is. She's used to just getting it. And if that includes puppies, speaking of puppies. My dog heard the word Cruella. <laughs> See, like, you know, they get it. Luna, shut up. What's your Tinder bio? 
Oh, okay. So <laughs> my Tinder bio is uh, my name, if I remember it correctly. Uh, hi, I'm Rita. I love two things, Jane Austen and money, and I've run out of money. Uh, <laughs> which I did not come up with because it's too funny for something for me to come up with <laughs> I mean we usually decide whether they're going to swipe left or right as well so I mean I'm kind of like if I had any money which I do not I'd be a bit like well at least you're honest like at least I know that if we matched on tinder that it would be totally be for my money yeah. that I don't yeah. have yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just total honesty yeah what I also like though is the fact that you you have no money but that kind of indicates to me that you have all of the Austin yeah I mean I do have all of the Austin like I remember because they're only like six novels right yeah it doesn't cost a lot of money like I remember when (laughs) I got my Jane Austen sheets I have Jane Austen sheets like there were people like Rita just not just let it go like don't you ever just Get sick of Austin. Anyway. Austin in the bedroom. Come on. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? Honestly, it's uh, yeah. So what? What are Jane Austen sheets like? Is it like Perfect. you know a double, and then you have like Mr. Darcy's outline on the other <laughs> side of the bed, like it it's his ex- face on the other pillow. It exists. Like there is a pillowcase with Colin Firth's face on it. <laughs> but yeah, and you can like yeah fall asleep holding onto it. Your Christmas present. Is <laughs> Jay Knight's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that one. It's just basically, it's like a bunch of books, and in between them, it has Jane Austen's ring and a portrait of her. I mean, her ring. Yeah, her ring, like her blue ring. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I did I'm, it again. I'm just so, yeah. I'm, I didn't say anything. I'm not usually this innocent and bashful. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've just Googled Jane Austen bedding and this hilarious <laughs> image has come up of, I think it's supposed to be Darcy. Oh my God. Oh, the guy from Sanditon. It's the guy from Sanditon that's Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) That is not very good. I mean, mine are creepy, but at least they're a little bit classier. So Um, wasn't Sanditon like kind of, I I haven't watched it, but I'm presuming that you have. Um, Wasn't that meant to be like, build a sex stop Austin? Like how how is it? Is it sex stop? Is it shit? Because Oh yeah, definitely sex stop definitely sexed up because it's andrew davis again and you know Uh, we all now know what what his priority is when he's writing a script and um and um yeah and like one of the things he said on that same talk was that he was writing um the script for war and peace and that when he had been reading it it became so obvious to him that a brother and a sister were involved um and so he put that in the adaptation and then he decided that this should become a thing so in Sanditon we have a brother and a sister who are involved and um <laughs> I have feelings about that uh but you know it's a it's a take I mean he is kind of playing with a novel that has you know has barely thing in it I mean only half an hour of the first episode was Austin the rest was you know Andrew Davis you know taking it on so I mean, I respect that. I respect that he tried to do something different with it. 
Um, it might not have been exactly what I would have done, but I don't want to be the reviewer to kind of person who says this is not the book I would have written. So. Mm. But I mean, I'm trying to think. Incest isn't a very Austen trope, right? It's not. Is it in no, the but other apparently novels? sodomy is right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's there. <laughs> I mean, there's a, a reference there. Um, no, it's more like cousins. There's a lot of cousin okay. stuff. But again, like, I don't think we're meant to think this is awesome. Because, you know, <laughs> if you think of the examples, it's like Mr. Collins. No one wants to fuck Mr. Collins. Um, and um, the other one is Fanny. No one wants to be Fanny either. So... Yeah, I I don't think she was, you know, exactly supporting it either. So, mm-hmm. but besides that, not that I can think of. So this was definitely Andrew Davis's original idea. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil, if she doesn't scare you. Hermeneutics will. Um. So you mentioned the Sondermy thing. Like, where is that? You mentioned that a couple of times. So can you just clarify for those of us who haven't? Where, where is it exactly? What, and um, Can you give us the edition and page number? <laughs> I'm not that good. but MHRA it... reference, please. The only, <laughs> the only reference thing. It's in Renfield Park. And uh, it's in a conversation. Uh, it's definitely said by Mary Crawford. And if I remember correctly, it's a conversation between her and Edmund um where they are talking about professions and which professions are good um and um we know that uh fanny's brother william is in the navy so they start talking about the navy and she says something about rears and vices and and everyone gets really really shocked and it's one of those moments when edmund is like wow she's really hot but boy does she have a filthy mouth and then um, you know and uh, so that was basically her revealing that she knows about stuff all the stuff that's going on that stuff in the navy mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like part of me yeah. i think i know what one of our intervals will be for this episode um I want to return to the Disney question mm-hmm. purely because I was wondering if we give you some Disney villains, could you match them to characters from Austin? So oh I God, thought this is the best game ever. <laughs> I thought that um you can disagree that if you think about Wickham from Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definite Gaston vibes. Oh yeah. Big oh, time Gaston sure. vibes, oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wickham is definitely the kind of guy who would brag about eating five dozen eggs and being mm-hmm. so so <laughs> macho. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, is he the size of a barge, roughly? <laughs> Poor Wickham. I don't think he is. <laughs> he has to bench more. <laughs> what about like Scar? Who who would Scar Ooh, yeah, be? Scar. Like, oh, Scar, 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 Scar. Hmm. Oh, um, Henry Tilney's brother. The the he's uh kind of like a if I remember correctly, like just kind of this kind of creepy, scary army guy, and definitely has evil brother vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Like we have a nice brother, evil brother thing going on, so I think mm-hmm. he would fit there perfectly. Mm-hmm. What about Ursula? Oh. Who would be Ursula? 
definite drag queen vibes as well from Ursula so that's I think yeah. a factor yeah like I'm trying to think of like because because Jane Austen's like evil women are usually not very cool you know Lady Catherine's not cool Mrs. Ferris isn't either Ugh, Mrs. Smith you know poor thing mm-hmm. she just stays in the house and doesn't go anywhere like who would be a good Ursula um <laughs> uh maybe mrs jennings from sense and sensibility like she's like yeah like she's pretty cool she's this kind of like old lady who just does her own thing uh Mm -hmm. i can she's not evil though bless her but she's Mm. i don't know she has she she is one of the few like cool older women in austin they tend to be Mm -hmm. pretty like mean and not very Mm. interesting more like Maleficenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. They tend to be more like that, more like Cruella, like even mm. like just that that stereotype of the skinny, un, you know, angry looking, bitter woman, like that mm. kind of stereotype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my and, god! Oh my god. <laughs> and slightly left field, but I think appropriate for Austin, King John from Robin Hood, just <laughs> like the money. Oh. Ah, so many. There are so many who would be good. Um, Mrs. Norris. It has to be Mrs. Norris. Like she just, she just freaking loves money, and Mrs. Norris would absolutely. I mean, she does steal from the poor to get it. Like Mrs. Norris goes like. I love how you said that. The tone is sort of a bit like. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look i've i've created a reputation for like being the defender of mrs norris which is a weird <laughs> reputation to have but i feel like people are too tough on her because mm-hmm. they're like oh she's trying to take advantage and uh you know take advantage of her sister's wealth and it's like that's because she has a lot of it i mean i don't feel bad for those people like they're profiting (laughs) from slavery if mrs norris wants to have like a really nice three-course meal that she can't otherwise afford who the hell gives a fuck so (laughs) you know it's yeah she's the only person who changes for the better by the end of the novel except for arguably Tot, who goes through the boring process of like gets ill becomes a good person mrs norris is more oh i hate that trope it's so worse for tropes it's so boring and we don't get to see him become a good person whereas mrs norris is like oh my niece ran away from home with a man even though she was married and now everyone has abandoned her yes i will go and live in the middle of nowhere with her even though i was really enjoying all the wealth you guys have here like that's pretty cool like she's not your you know your ordinary villain so but she does love money so she's still a king john for sure So what this little um, game has taught me and has really emphasised for me is the fact that I know fucking nothing about Jane Austen. Um, (laughs) The the only Austen I've ever read was Northanger Abbey. Great. Enjoyed it a lot. Very funny. Um, Good, because everyone hates on Northanger Abbey. Even Austen fans. Yeah, me too. I've not read enough to have an opinion, I guess. 
Um, but my <laughs> no, question to you amazing. is like, as someone who doesn't know 90% of the people you were just talking about, what do I really <laughs> need to know in terms of like Austin in order to get away with this like shameful um, lack of knowledge? Like at my next office party, whenever that happens and people can be bothered to go to one, um, how do I get away with the fact that I've never read any Austin? I mean, I really want to tell you to just read Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. And also, not, I'm not going to watch the films either. You're not going to, because that's that was going to be my second one. Like, watch the adaptations <laughs> then. Like, You've watch seen the Bridget Jones. One. Yeah, I saw Bridget Jones. Is that it's enough? The same fucking thing. I mean, that's that's fine. Just ignore the fact that she weighs like what sixty kilos, is it? And is portrayed mm-hmm. as fat. We'll just <laughs> we all have to just kind of. I mean, you did pretend. You did. You hinted a little bit earlier though that Jane Austen may be a bit fat shamey though. Mm. So. Oh well, she's not fat shamey. She definitely because then on the other hand, like all her mean women are skinny. So there's also okay. there's also that going on. Uh, she um, I'm I'm kind of thinking of a presentation uh, by this Austin uh, scholar I know as well called called Michael and he's uh, basically argued that and and that made me realize yeah that uh, people who in Osa portray just just asking when the next meal is are usually not very good people but I think that's more like a self-centered thing you know they are just they don't really care about what's going on around them they just care about eating so they're not particularly complex people. But um, but I don't think she's like judging, you know, enjoying eating. It's more the self-centeredness of okay. being able to pretend that no one else around you exists, basically. Yeah. So what are the key facts that Alex would need? Like what? Yeah, what, if I, if okay, I wanted to come okay. across as if I had an air of like vague knowledge, enough to mm-hmm. kind of get away with it, but not mm-hmm. like enough to then kind of sidestep and be like, yes, of course, and then not <laughs> talk about it again. I mean, you can go with the with the basics, which is learn a couple of quotes, and then you can just, you know, be that person. No, like, no, you know what? I want to know more specific niche stuff. Tell me about houses in Austin okay. and how I can like basically be like oh this reminds me of the fantastic work this way. of Pemberley Mansfield Northanger Northanger how do you say it yeah like give me some house drop some house fact knowledge on me okay okay like the wicked like... witch of the east house oh, <laughs> dead <yeah. laughs> Oh god, like this there's so much. I mean, one of my favorites is uh Mansfield Park. Like we we are not meant to think that those are good people. Uh one of the things you could drop is that Mansfield Park is the outlier in Austin's novels. It's the only one that doesn't end with a happy ending. Uh all this house is filled with horrible, horrible people, and that's how it ends. And it's a weird end for an Austin novel. It's the only one that you know, it closes and you're like oh great (laughs) all of the awful people are still there and are still wealthy um so it's it's the outlier when it comes to that uh i think that's really cunning as well because like you're saying oh it's the outlier then it implies you've read them all yeah yeah yeah. this is really helpful i will bring this up like oh you know awesome like yeah isn't it so weird how the end of mansfield park like they all get away with it and nobody changes unlike all the other all the other ones yeah 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 that's a good one and you've read Northanger (laughs) Abbey so you can talk about how like at the end of Northanger Abbey there's you know it's still 
is is still owned by an awful person but all the good guys have left by then so it's you know it's it's different from Ansel Park so then you can bring your knowledge of Northanger Abbey into it uh my favorite I have so much knowledge about Northanger Abbey (laughs) (laughs) my favorite you can talk about how Austin portrays Elizabeth as a, a future owner of Pemberley not just someone who is looking around at a pretty house thinking what it would be like to live in a room with these curtains. She is actually (laughs) thinking about herself as the owner of a big-ass estate, and I think that's pretty cool uh, because Austin is engaging with the prospect trope and she puts Elizabeth on top of a hill looking out into the estate and that represents her ability to uh, know what's best for society as a whole. So she wants Darcy to die. She loves Darcy because he's going to die. <laughs> Got it. On it. Right. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, I think Perfect. Austin. I think Austin wouldn't mind. I think Austin would rather Elizabeth just took over the whole thing. To be to be fair, um, but Elizabeth would probably want to have sex before that happens. Yeah. But that that gives <laughs> like one question that I was thinking about as well is like. People romanticise and think Mr. Darcy is the best fucking thing. I don't yeah. see the redeeming qualities, to be quite honest, because he's a dick. But, like, <laughs> is he... Is, do people just romanticise about him because Mr. Collins is just so fucking bad? Well, that, that helps. Yeah, that they're just forced to see him as the best <laughs> one. Is this the or right... is it because he's the only man in an Austen novel to complete a land shark? Oh! Yeah. Um... I mean, if that doesn't win you over, I don't know what will. (laughs) (laughs) To successfully land shark. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm I'm the wrong person to ask because I like all the bad Austin men. Everyone always says that Henry Tilney's a dick and I just find him hilarious. So clearly there's something wrong with my taste in men. (laughs) Oh, well. Or novels. Oh! Oh. (laughs) I'll get you reading Pride and Prejudice by the end of this, I swear. I, I have read it. I just didn't <gasps> enjoy it. Well. I'm sorry. I just, I don't have the patience for the social commentary. I really don't. I'm just like, ah, ha, 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 fuck off. Like, I, no. It, well, it's not my thing. I'm so tempted to just be the arrogant person who's like, but if you had had it taught by me, you would have loved it. But, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> Grassmere, Dorothy Wordsworth. I think we have. I think we have one last key question. Mm-hmm. Seeing as you're, you know, well, awesome, but you're a romanticist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a persistent character that keeps emerging on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> Dorothy Wordsworth. Was she a drug dealer? <gasps> Am I missing some essential knowledge about Dorothy Wentzworth here? Only the greatest theory ever put out. The greatest theory. (gasps) But she was drug dealer to the big six. Yeah. Oh, I mean, good for her. Dorothy Wordsworth, badass bitch or just the fucking worst? Oh, badass bitch. Badass bitch. Mm. For sure. For sure. Okay, okay. I think we've got like... Three votes for badass bitch, one vote for the most boring person alive. Nah, I've read her letters. She seemed cool. Oh, no, this is the thing. Uh, Alice Tarbuck also read her letters. 
Dear diary, today I saw a horse. <laughs> was not thrilled. Was not I thrilling. mean, <laughs> but then I'm a boring person who likes to read boring things about people's everyday lives. So maybe I'm just the audience for that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, now that we're on three one, it's because. The one is not a romanticist. <laughs> I think we need to maybe widen everyone. <laughs> yeah, like we're, we're seriously biased. I mean, I I definitely like Dorothy. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I like the fact that she could, you know, like hang out with her brother and just she clearly didn't have this thing of like oh yes my brother the genius she's just like so this is our everyday William does this I do this and it's just like boring she's totally going against this idea like, this is really not winning me over for the vote of badass <laughs> no, no really I not. think she's I mean not the most exciting of lives maybe <laughs> <laughs> but that's not her fault I think she did pretty well with what she got given was she wasn't she like hiking and climbing mountains all the time all the things all the things i can't Bo- do and, that i'm boasting about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean i can't do that i can we all know, you know the only reason she was doing it is because she was coked up on tits mm-hmm. i mean that would that would help so <laughs> yeah. i <laughs> yeah yeah um cool so um i think we usually finish with is there anything that you would like to plug that you have coming out soon or things that you want people to to look at or whatever your youtube channel perhaps only fans now that it's not (laughs) now that it's not um pornographic um definitely the youtube channel so i uh have a youtube channel uh if you can easily find me online uh or you can find the link on my website uh where i just talk about everything including rants about the corella movie so even if you're not an austin person i'm sure you will find you know things to to listen to uh, so yeah, I would say that, and hopefully a, a BTS book coming up soon. Uh, but I still need to convince someone to buy it. So. I also just realised that we haven't commented on this. You have the most Austin surname ever. Yeah, with Dashwood for fuck's sake! Like it's only taken me an hour to figure that one out. <laughs> I, I love know, my so name. I, See, I would have clocked it, but I've not read enough Austin. <laughs> I mean, but you, you. Then you missed my middle name. What's your middle name? It's Jane. Jane. Oh, for fuck's sake. I know. <laughs> Christ. Where are you the product of Jainite grooming? Like, <laughs> are your parents big Jainites? Like, what, what is no. this? <laughs> my dad, re- I mean, I was, the, the thing that made me the happiest in the world was that my brother watched the Emma movie and afterwards. Your brother Darcy. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> and afterwards, <laughs> and afterwards, he was like, "This is one of the best books I have ever read." And it's like that just nothing will. After ever... watching the movie, after he watching... said it's one of the best books he's ever read. No, right? Okay. Then he went to read Emma. Like because... okay, no, I, I prefer my version where the book doesn't get read. It's just the film. He <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. The shit's brilliant. I don't need to read it now. Do you know who else likes money? We do. You can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash lolmypraxis and maybe we could afford an editor 
to do this professionally. You can follow us on Twitter at lolmypraxis or drop us an email at lolmypraxis at gmail.com. Don't forget, support the strike.